and welcome to the 21st episode of Total Pop Mode, your weekly gaming podcast. My name is Will, and I also go by Hoodafunk, and I'm joined here by my good friend, co-host, and fellow gaming enthusiast, James, aka Mr. Bames. What's going on, you ridiculously rancid rabbits? Year of the rabbit, baby. Is it really? Is not it? quite Not quite yet. Uh, whenever Chinese no. New Year is, <laughs> it will be going into the year of the rabbit, though. So I figured, why not start the new year with rabbit a rabbit okay. you know do you have any uh new year's what are they called resolutions also starts with yeah that. yeah i was about to say yeah. do you have any new year's rabbity resolutions rabbity resolutions uh don't know about that man uh i i i i won't make that joke uh, okay it's <laughs> gonna make a jessica rabbit joke but uh sexy rabbit joke yeah but, but, but you know i, I didn't so want to bring back bad memories of mr furry for you no 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 <laughs> Do you know what? I don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> Do you know I, I what? Like they weren't all that bad. Out. Those memories. <laughs> I, I like to think that I've uh, blocked out a lot of that stuff, PTSD styley. But I yeah. don't recall there being rabbits in that. There was lots no. of lots of uh, dogs. I think. <laughs> yeah, there was lots. And there was definitely a fox. There was a fox. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, lots of kind very of, veiny uh, fox. What do you call them? Sort of canine and uh, feline. This, none of this is making the podcast. No? <laughs> Probably not. You don't want to talk about cat and dog dicks in, the, in like <laughs> episode one of the new year? No! God, please, no! Yeah, like in the first, I don't know, like minute or two. Of the, no, we're not starting that way. Oh dear. Although I do have to have a word with you about your introduction, bro. Do you really think that's enough gravitas for the champion <laughs> of 2020? Do you Just really think this guy, oh, yeah, friend, co-host, fellow game enthusiasm, and the champion of the world? <laughs> hey well i always give you space to do your uh your own introduction man but uh you know i, I left that open for you yeah. uh at this point you are really drilling at home uh despite the fact that i am still yet to get you your belt that is uh truly on me at this point i have taken responsibility for uh for crafting this belt and uh i, I will get to it at some point very soon that's all right, man. I know how it is. Supply chains, forge, forge yeah. equipments, you know, goes wrong a lot. Lots of heat, lots of cooling. Things expand, things contract. Silicon just ain't what it used to be. No. Although if you follow, you know, getting ahead of ourselves, one of our news stories might put that to bed a little bit, but still, we'll see. We'll see. With all that said, James, let's crack on with the socials. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pop Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pop Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pop Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv tv forward slash mr bames underscore tpm okay james you know what time it is let's crack on with the catch up i'm gonna hand over to you for the first part of the catch up what you've been up to over the last week so over the last week i have mainly been still playing pokemon violet because i decided it would be a good idea to start again (laughs) as as i'm as i'm prone to do quite often with a lot of addicts you are in for the long game there's no new game plus right uh, well, I don't know. I've I've not finished the post game, so I don't know. Right. Okay. I doubt it. Don't get me wrong. But new get. But the post game essentially is uh, then spoiler territory. But you know, 
complete the game, finish it. Hey, at, at this point, yeah. play it. It's been, out, it's been out a month, right? Two months? It's long enough. Um, yeah, but when you get when you finish the game's main story, all of the gyms reopen and you have to go around and challenge them again, but they've all got better, stronger teams. It's quite so cool, So it is kind of new game. It's kind of new game plus then. It's, it's more like revisiting what you've done, but they've all beefed up rather than starting again with what you've got and they're still same sort of thing. Sounds like backtracking with more steps kind of yeah because like for example gym leader number one um or the one you're meant to fight first anyway has three pokemon all very low level when you first fight them this time they have five all in like the level 65 to 70 range right yeah what prompted this uh this rerun of the game again i was just sort of thinking about it and i was like do you know what i i don't like that the team i finished the league with was kind of piecemeal because i was trying to do pokedex stuff at the same time so i had two randoms in my party that i was just leveling up to evolve right yeah and that coupled with I did a few move sets quite inefficiently. I could have done better with stat training and stuff. I just thought, F- it, I enjoyed this game so much. I'm going to start again while I'm hyped for it. And I did. And I spent a lot of time catching Pokemon with the right natures I wanted, even though I am aware you can customize all this sh- with mints and berries and <laughs> and gold coins and sh- not gold coins, bottle caps. Later on, you can do all this. But okay. I, 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 I like to go old school with it. So I just did it. Uh, caught the Pokemon I wanted with the right natures, the right abilities, all that good stuff. Gave them better move sets. And I used the same six Pokemon sort of for all of the major battles. So they all have the same ribbons. They've all got like, it's just, it's much cleaner. It's much nicer. And it just made me feel happy. So that's why I did it really. But good job I did it when I did because I have now finished it again. I'm in post game oh again. you're actually in post game yeah yeah, yeah. Twice I finished, now. finished it right, all again okay, well done well I, I guess well done <laughs> you've done that in the space of a week a bit longer than a week right touch i suppose so yeah it yeah, has been touch yeah, longer yeah. than a week so uh yeah uh, it was a labor of love but i'm glad i did it when i did because i i'm not bored of it but i'm i'm quite done with it now i think i'm probably now not going to play it much until like if at all until dlc which i'm assuming is coming so do they actually let you have separate save files for this one so you no, were don't able be silly to... no oh so you <laughs> crazy no. yeah no it's... so since it's, generation one actually is lose single all save your file. progress i was gonna say it's yeah. yeah it's been a single save file all the way to my memory yeah i, d- okay. I deleted my game yeah uh hun- <sighs> what was it 100 100 and something hours i think it was when i Oh, that might be what I'm on now. I, I don't remember. Let's call it 70 to 90 hours the first file was, probably. But this new file's better, so it's all good. It's what it is, but that's been, that has been really fun. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Uh, noticed a few more slowdowns this playthrough, gotta say. But I don't know how much of that is because my Switch was getting hot from how long I was on it. <laughs> like, genuinely. Actually, you know, I, I did hear that, and I heard that that was an issue with Arceus as well, actually, is that people were having quite a lot of performance issues the longer they were running their Switch. Yeah. And the, a lot of people were finding that performance did get better if they bothered to actually shut down their Switch, uh, fully charge it, and then boot it up again. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I was doing sort of five to seven hour stints. Um, and aside from that, uh, I jumped into Sex Hell, the Christmas game you got me, or one of the Christmas Good. games you got me. I've been waiting to hear how you got along with this. Well, how does it compare to Doom Eternal? Because uh, that was the vibe I was getting. Oh, dude, no, this game sucks, man. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, That's it, a shame. <laughs> it is a bit of a shame, really, but uh, the shooting is very light, very fluffy, doesn't feel satisfying at all. There's no impact. Enemy AI is incredibly basic. Hitboxes are a little bit patchy. Not not awful, but a little <laughs> bit patchy. what you really want in a shooting game, though. No, um, the movement isn't delayed right, but you can sort of... If you're doing a running jump, 
and you just stop holding forward, you'll just stop dead. There's no momentum. Oh, okay. So, so you just yeah, drop. Right. Uh, and that yeah. was, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's a cheap indie game. It's not, I don't expect the world, but I expect it to be a bit better than that. Were the sexy, dirty cutscenes any good? No cutscenes, bro. No cutscenes. Okay, well, refunds. Disappointed! <laughs> Got in there too late. I left it too late, mate. Beat the first boss, got an achievement for beating the first boss, was expecting to then be able to do some stuff as like a reward or see some stuff as like a reward. Nothing, just went straight to level two. Go back to the main menu, there is a gallery section. Unlocked three pictures, all of like fully clothed women. Oh. So it's like, what? (laughs) Like, that's not what was advertised. (laughs) Women Uh, or demons? I think two of them were women and one was a demon. Oh, okay, okay. It sounds all round disappointing. Maybe, maybe you need to play on. Is was there difficulty on this game? Was that no? There was no difficulty. It was just go into this mission, do it. It was just very, very basic, kind of poor. Yeah, sorry. I think you need to uh, delve a little bit deeper into this, and uh, I want to hear back on some I, some deeper progress. Oh, dude, I tried, man. And the issue is, is that if you die, there's no checkpoint system either. You go straight back to the start of the level. Right, right. And that's a pain in the ass. Are they quite long levels then? There's three missions. There's three missions that I can see. I think there's only those three missions. Level one was a reasonable length, nothing too major and and very easy. Level two, bit longer, more mazy, so like, uh, you know, quite hard to get around because everything looks the same as well. And like, I did unlock two new weapons. I got, you start with a pistol, you then get an Uzi and an assault rifle type deal. Yeah. (laughs) They all felt the same. So didn't really, wasn't really anything like that that was interesting um and as i say the achievements are broken there's an achievement you can get for killing 15 enemies which i know i did because one of the first like before you get to boss number one you have to defeat a a wave of 16 enemies so i know i did it it didn't pop right Um, okay so yeah just uh unfortunately bad experience all around well yeah kind of i mean but that you know there is potential in it the concept is fairly solid like i can see what they were trying to do shoot demons and watch demon porn i thought that was the the main concept <laughs> but they just didn't execute it very well because you you can shoot demons but it doesn't feel very good and then there's no demon porn so what are you gonna do not jerk off to demon babes i guess exactly it's a dry keyboard tonight <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um and then the only other thing i've played uh, a little bit oh yeah i'll just move on and then the only other thing I've played a dry keyboard bit. is it just got me <laughs> <laughs> dry keyboard tonight yeah um tonight yeah well you know there's, there's other games Normally, that's a f***ing... That keyboard is (laughs) slick. That's nasty. But yeah, no, then the only other thing I've played a little bit of is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Okay, you mentioned to me previously that you played a little bit of that. How have you been getting on with it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good game still. For context, I've put in 100 hours just over in on Xbox and probably got about halfway through the game. F***ing huge game this is. It's, I tell you, on PC, it looked lovely on Xbox 360. uh, No, sorry, on Xbox One, right? It looked lovely, but on PC, it's just different level, man. Mm, I bet. It's beautiful. The loading screens are obviously way cool quicker because uh, the world is actually you know you don't actually go inside or anything like that once you're in it's it's kind of like red dead in that regard you're just in the world mm. so it takes ages to get into the game but once you're in it's it's quite seamless still got to use that ubisoft launcher though right yeah but it's it's quite inoffensive honestly it's not too bad uh, i i do understand the argument for people being annoyed by having so many launches and i kind of agree i'd like everything to be in steam or whatever but it's not too bad honestly but yeah still very good
good. I don't know if I'm going to do the whole 100% thing I was trying to do last time. I think I'm probably going to try and crush through the main story because I never finished the main story when I last played it. Right, right. Probably going to try and crush through that. I'm playing it on hard difficulty as well because normal was just way too easy even back in the day and I'm a better gamer than mm. I was back then. So, mm, mm. Uh, And honestly, hard's still pretty easy. <laughs> Could probably up it a little bit, but I haven't done any super hard fights yet. So we'll see what happens. But yep, still enjoying it. The dialogue's still great. I, I love Greek mythology. So all of that stuff I'm here for. The story's still very cool. I just hope that I give it the time it deserves because I was I was actually playing this a little bit before I started Pokemon again. And the idea was that I was going to try and finish this by now. Mm, yeah, but Pokemon yeah. then took over. So I hope that I don't lose traction with it too much. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to at least complete the main story. As I say, I don't think I'm going to 100% it. Can you remember where you put it down last time in terms of where you got to the story? I'm really struggling to remember in terms of the main story because I really was exploring the whole map and clearing all the <laughs> islands. Like, and... you do one story mission and then disappear for like three months of in-game time to like Literally. explore every single landmark in yeah. the area. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you must find your mum. The cult's going to kill her. And then it's like, yeah, I will do that. But first I'm going to explore Lesbos. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that all the time in Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. I had my gang members just coming out into the middle of nowhere and being like we haven't seen you in weeks yeah where have you been you need to get back to the game and do some shit. i've been busy so okay right so you're you're taking the the more of a beeline route this time with assassin's creed well yeah because you can do all the shit i was doing when i last played it after you finished the main story yeah i was when i went into it last time i was in the mindset of like you know i want to do all the side shit first so that i don't miss anything by the end time mm. i finish the main quest mm. but that's not how this game works so gonna try and rush through it well not rush through it i still want to enjoy it and take my time but i'm gonna try and crack through it relatively quickly and then if i still want to play afterwards i can do all the shit i was doing before because that you know i haven't played it for three four years it'll give me even more time to forget about it all because i have forgotten about most of it which is nice so that's me man that's what i've been up to for the last week or so how about you hit me up this week so i haven't been particularly getting into anything too new uh listeners of previous shows will be familiar with pretty much all of the titles that i'm going to discuss so i've been putting a bit more time into vampire survivors this week although i did buy it on steam i have actually still continued to put most of my time into this on the mobile the versions are very comparable it's it's more like a, just a change of perspective from landscape to portrait um but the scale of everything remains very much the same so i've yet to explore any of the dlc on the steam version but i've been just sort of progressing and experimenting a bit more with some of the weapon unlocks nice. so you might recall the uh, i think it's called like the peacho it looks like a dove the bird that, yeah yeah the bird that flies around you and then have you discovered the the black bird as well that i can't remember what that one's called i haven't unlocked it like... yet but i've i've seen it if you see what i mean like i've seen it on the screens where it's like yeah this is a thing it's like oh yeah but i haven't unlocked it yet right yeah well uh bit of a <laughs> not really a spoiler but if you manage to get both of those power-ups level them up to max then it becomes like an ultra bird and it shoots yeah. rainbow energy everywhere around you it's the way that you evolve the two of them together so I've been progressing through that. I've also been trying to get the achievement for lasting until 31 minutes on the game. Uh, and I've also unlocked a few extra things along the way. So I've unlocked a hurry mode, which allows you to essentially the clock just goes twice as fast. So the enemies pour in a lot faster. Nice. I've unlocked these, I think they're called like Arcana cards, which are kind of like random modifiers that you can get for the game. 
and that will do something like double the effectiveness of your healing items or add a bounce to certain weapons that didn't have a bounce to them before so they can start ricocheting off of objects it's like the axe for example yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. they all you know add to that uh so yeah getting a little bit further into the depth of the game now and the additional abilities that it allows you in the sort of later game is i suppose what i class this as i've gone through pretty much all of the levels now and tracked down all of the items uh it started to feel a lot less like a twin stick shooter and a lot more like a level game now that i've unlocked the map and things like that so you can track down the items and i've got some really cool powers now like one that it pulls every single item that's in the surrounding area including weapons that you can find on the battlefield towards you and it does this every two or so minutes so it essentially just groups everything around you and you're able to get an insane amount of power-ups all in a quick succession loving melting the enemies and uh running around against what seems like fairly endless mobs and i did discover that you can kill the grim reaper that uh comes and kills you on the uh the 30th minute the grim reaper will come in and he seems pretty impossible it is actually possible to defeat him as well and then uh, another boss comes in so i'm and that's how you get to 31 minutes i guess right beat the grim reaper actually i got that by just surviving against him i didn't actually manage to kill him i haven't managed to kill him yet i just discovered this week that that is actually a possibility that's the next thing to tick off the list i think now i've done the 31 minutes on uh, a few of the maps i need to uh, go back and actually try and beat him on one of those then you can do it all again on pc yeah <laughs> yeah and then get to the dlc hopefully yeah nice man but i mean we've spoken quite a bit about vampire survivors now over the last couple episodes so i won't go on about that too much i've also been into some dmz this week uh, which i've been enjoying and once again we're back talking about call of duty again speaking (laughs) of things we've spoken about a lot of over the last few weeks (laughs) yeah or months at this stage probably to be honest it is it is months at this stage yeah no heavily invested in that that's good man it's good that you're enjoying it so much you get these uh faction missions and they include things like finding a special weapon and getting a certain amount of headshots against enemies or extracting specific items like stim packages or uh, certain certain different kinds of weapons or keys. Uh, and you'll also get ones that will say uh, you need to complete the contracts on the map. One of them will be destroy the supplies or yeah. go drill a safe and take all the contents out. Uh, and, and those are the sort of objectives that you have to do and they're kind of ambient around the map. But if you follow along the faction quests, you'll essentially have to do all of those things in order and do them a certain amount of times and you progress with the faction and eventually over time you can unlock more weapon slots and those weapon slots are your insured weapon slots and i don't want to get into this too deep because i have kind of explained this i'm sure on a previous podcast but (laughs) essentially your insured weapons are where you can place your custom weapons and if you die they don't disappear they just kind of are unusable for a certain amount of time basically gives it a cool down rather than actually losing the yeah. So you can unlock more potential slots for that. So I'm hoping to just sort of, yeah, prolong the amount of time I'm able to use custom weapons and not have to use the contraband weapons, which are just the ones that you can find on the battlefield and then extract yeah. and then bring back in. But if you lose them, they're gone forever. And how many slots do you have? Is there like a limit to it? So like, for example, you could only unlock five custom weapons. It's actually less. Uh, so the maximum. Oh, I was going to say, I would of- assume it would be less, but... Because it'll yeah, probably be the, three um, or something, I'd imagine. It is. But. It's three, yeah. yeah. The amount of uh, insured slots you can have is three. But then you can have a maximum of 20 contraband weapons, I think, as well. And if you run out of contraband weapons and your 
insured weapons are all out of timer if you spawn in it gives you a random weapon i believe so that's quite they angry. never really spawn you in without although i have taken to actually spawning without any weapons and taking along a throwing knife so i always make that that first kind of sneak in and take one guy down take his gun and kind of go from there yeah. sort of thing just hope he's got a good fun. gun yeah this mother has just got a pistol what the hell hey it's happened to me before and i've also done it where i've just got a you know a guy with like a double barreled shotgun and i'm right in the middle of like some kind of metal gear grozny grad type of <laughs> surrounded by enemies so it's not much yeah. use good tactics though i like it being a bit sneaky yeah so yeah i'm really enjoying that playing with the other ai players is giving me a good opportunity to do some of that sneaking around stuff the contracts in the game are quite difficult and they send in a lot of heavily body armored ai players and it also attracts sort of enemy players coming in actual you know online people yeah, yeah. coming in and uh trying to steal your shit so yeah no it's it's all around a really good experience that and uh just working my way through those faction missions and trying to get more weapon cases nice. which are these kind of things that they spawn on the map typically within a stronghold and then usually held by a juggernaut character and uh they obviously have a lot of health loads of body armor and uh typically armed with a gatling gun and is that always ai or is, can that be human too it can be human Human on multiplayer mode. I think in DMZ it's just AI dragonauts yeah. that you get Makes wandering sense. around. Makes sense, yeah. And uh, when you do manage to take out one of those guys, they drop a special weapons case, which has like a chance of giving you various different special weapon blueprints and, and things like that. But the issue with that is, is once you've collected that weapon crate off the juggernaut, you are pinged on the map to every other player until you extract. So there is that as well. Yeah. You usually, if you hear one and you see it's nearby, you might make a beeline for the squad just to see if you can get away with it and extract and take their uh, take their. Yeah, yeah, nice man. Certainly promotes sneaky gameplay. We should definitely, uh, we should definitely get down and play some of that sometime. It's it's free and it's probably one of the best things Call of Duty has done in a long time. So yeah, music to my yeah. ears, man. If it's free, it's free and it's good. <laughs> there you go. What more do you want? And other than that, this week uh, I've been continuing with uh, my Stardew farm. I've finally gotten to the point now where the whole farm is essentially automated at this point. Nice, uh, that's good. I that means you can to... get on with other. Sh like, exactly good, yeah. i can mine i can interact with the villagers how's it going with how's it going with your missus oh uh, uh i haven't made any headway i'm afraid she is uh, continues to be unimpressed by my forage flowers i really need to work something out no yeah that's fair enough man are you still hating on pierre i am he gets still his daily dose of my pond algae uh nice. only because every time i give it to him it says that it makes him sick so i you know i've continued with that good stuff still getting on quite well with linus but we're keeping it pretty casual you know we're just uh you know i Basically, I just see him as I'm on my way to the mines every morning. And if I've got a nice little parsnip or whatever kind of uh, veg I'm currently growing for the season, I'll, I'll drop it off to him on my way down. Nice. Very good of you. Although I have automated my farm, we're currently in winter. So none of this is actually any good to me because you can't grow any crops in winter. This is definitely the point in the year where it's time to start thinking about all of those copper and iron bars and time to upgrade your weapons and your equipment for the farm. So I'm kind of getting more into the crafting side of things now. I've started tapping some trees to get some sort of oak resin and tree sap. So when you said tapping some trees, I always just had this like image of you wandering around just like casually hitting a couple of trees like, oh, this one sounds good. Yes, that'll do. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll like be completely honest with you, you I had that same confusion when I was on the uh, Stardew Valley subreddit. <laughs> Everyone was talking about tapping trees. I was like... I didn't understand it. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I Yeah, no, I I do know what traffic, but my yeah. head didn't go there. It's like, like oh, I'm tapping the tree to make it. sure it's ripe. Hmm. 
Yep, this tree is ready for harvesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so essentially I'm, you know, at this point focusing most of my time on the mine, uh, fishing in the winter because the old man in the fishing shack wants me to get him a squid. And uh, other than that, I'm just kind of foraging because I'm starting to work on the community center, which is something in the game that apparently you're supposed to do. I know very little about it. Uh, it depends on what it. side you want to be, yeah. Well, I'm going on the community. If you're talking about whether you go down the Joja supermarket yeah. route, oh yeah, no, I'm doing the community. Uh, I think that, I route. think that's the canonical way to do it, yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely not motivated to do the Joja thing. But when you do go there, you need to sort of collect various foraged items that are around yeah. the map. Some of them are like seasonal berries or seasonal crops or specific flowers that you can only find in certain times of the year if yeah, you explore. Yeah. All those things for rebuilding are dilapidated building that are just crucial yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. core construction materials there yeah, yeah. and and once Stop you're done with that something happens berry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just stick, getting two bits of wood together and just placing a parsnip between them and just yeah. hammering it together like that'll do that's yeah. a chair now. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what I'm achieving by doing this, but the game's telling me that I should do it, so I'll I'll get around to it. You, you'll see. It's, it's worthwhile, from what I gather. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so up until that point, uh, I'm just kind of waiting for spring to come along and uh, to be able to grow some shit again, because the farm is looking good. Uh, well, I say the farm is looking good. The farm is, is looking very grim at the moment, in <laughs> fact. It definitely needs some softening. An elf waifu, maybe? I, it needs an elf waifu touch. That's what it needs. Yeah. I need some nice it might my, my farm at the moment it resembles kind of a concentration camp. I'll, right, I'll, just very I'll efficient. Very efficient. Extreme efficiency. Yeah. Uh pretty barren at the moment. Yeah. It being winter. Pretty cold, you know, there's no no livestock. It's it's just purely crops. Nice. Uh, nice and industrial as well. Crop, Lots of metal. Very yeah. industrial. Yeah, yeah the, the hoses. <laughs> no no upgrades on the house whatsoever. All been spent on the farm. Absolutely, yeah. really the nice. house is literally just a still the shack that you inhabit straight nice. away, <laughs> and we just focus production on one crop. We grow oh. one thing, and it's just whatever grows that time of year at the moment. So. <laughs> hey, that's ruthlessly efficient. I like yeah, that. well, you know, I want to get the money, <laughs> but uh, you don't yeah, need comfort. Is, it's leading my farm to look very bleak. Uh, maybe I stick a photo up on uh, on the Twitter at some point. <laughs> Uh, of my current farm and people can give me some suggestions as to what I need to do with it to, <laughs> to make this look prettier. Because at the moment it's it's pretty grim. Just a couple of flowers, mate. On that uh, slightly bleak note though, that is pretty much all that I've been up to uh, this week. Working on my farm and uh, and it's yeah. not the elf sex farm, it's actually Stardew Valley. Uh, yeah. Although, you know, I will concede actually that I do need to put some more time into elf sex farm and uh, I will endeavour to come back with a bit more information on that next week. Yeah, and see if you can actually get a nice looking farm in that one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think that, God knows uh, what crops you can get. I'll just game. be Jesus. absolutely swimming in unfertilized eggs. <laughs> Is, is what I predict. And milk. Uh, thanks for reminding me about those. <laughs> and on that note, James, let's get on with the gaming news. This week, our first article in gaming news. In the recent issue of Edge magazine, Capcom sat down to chat about the anticipated Resident Evil 4 remake. Certainly is anticipated, particularly over here. 
Oh, damn straight, James. I cannot okay. wait for this title to come out. The more and more I hear about it, the more and more I want this. And uh, honestly, this article was extremely welcome news because essentially, producer Yoshiaki Hirabayashi has confirmed uh, amongst the development team that there will be no cut content and will actually retain the original island section. In fact, there's even talk of the island section being specifically expanded. Oh, interesting. This is all really good news for me to hear that they are confirming that the content's not cut. Uh, still a little confused why we haven't seen Krauser then yet. Yeah. However, the island being included in the game is indeed welcome news to me. Yeah, and that was actually the point I was going to make, is the fact that this island is now being confirmed as included surely means that Krauser's in it. Has to. There's no point being on the island if you don't have the Krauser fight. <laughs> it really is. It is kind of the climax of the island, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah, right before you get to the very... Yeah. Final right bit, before yeah. you just shoot that guy with one rocket launcher and it's done, you have to exactly. do an actual an actual good fight with Krauser, yeah. Hey, you had to shoot him with two rocket launchers, remember? You had to shoot him with a rocket launcher that triggers the cutscene. You're very true, very true. Then the game-ending rocket launcher. Resident Evil typically always has a game-ending rocket launcher. You're quite right. I'm sorry that I disrespected the final <laughs> boss of the game. He took two rockets. He did. Two rockets and two magnum shots, even though one of them I didn't need to do. There you go. That was just yeah. the... That was uh, showboating at that point, just emptying... Wow unnecessary magnet lack of knowledge mate that's all it was <laughs> so uh, in terms of the development of this game the producer yoshiaki also mentioned that the development team was divided into three groups with each group responsible for a different area to develop those Makes areas sense. being the village the castle and the island these teams work separately before coming together to see how each of them overhauled their section and how each element worked with the others and i assume during this process obviously there would be uh, a certain amount of sort of patching and ensuring consistency as well you'd like to think you'd like to i'm think. sure there are some inherent risks with uh having three separate teams working on different areas yeah. of a game that would actually you know include the sort of the entirety of those areas sort of thing that, that yeah. but yeah. uh i'm not really sure about the conventions and how often that takes place in video game production but uh it's certainly an interesting way to do it and it gives everyone you know the full ability to immerse themselves in that section of the game and make sure that they try and carry over and keep intact as much as possible i yeah. would hope you'd hope so yeah and picking up what you said there i don't know about development either i know in testing that it's very common to do it that way so like in the qa stage you'd be like right yeah. you you three go do the castle you three go do the island or whatever this room's and, really broken we need 10 people in this one exactly room. yeah but i don't I, I don't know about development i don't think it's uncommon to have multiple teams working on multiple sections of the game but yeah it's it's something i don't hear about too often so it's certainly interesting to think about how that would work and actually it seems like quite a sensible idea honestly if you've got the base architecture all the character models and stuff are consistent from the start which i assume they'd have to be you don't want one oh, team yeah. having like a leon with spiked up <laughs> hair and you get leon yeah. you get ada <laughs> yeah exactly you can have ashley but no leon so what <laughs> and we got to talk about ashley's outfit <laughs> all seven of them <laughs> oh no doubt pre-order bonus content as well oh, don't but yeah, no, this, uh, this is, as you say, it's good news that they're not dropping it. Um, the island stuff should make the story flow pretty much the same, except for the robot Salazar, obviously. Yeah, so, you know, well, I mean, this article seems to kind of contradict that, and that was some early yeah. news that I heard, so it will be interesting to see what really does make it over in this now. I'm eagerly anticipating the release of this title, and, you know, I honestly, I think I'm kind of out of the uh, day one, unless I'm really, truly feeling some serious hype, and maybe I'm getting a bit 
bit long in the tooth to ever really feel serious true hype of the games. You'd think that a Resident Evil 4 remake is kind of like, there couldn't be much more that was more up my street than that, right? But uh, I'm remaining sceptical purely from a sort of performance uh, standpoint. For the time being, I will wait until at least, you know, the day one patches. At least until day two. At least until yeah, day two. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a day two guy these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair, man. I, I certainly won't be day one in this. I enjoyed Resi 4, but I'm going to see how this gets on, probably wait for it to come on sale. But if it's great, I mean, I know you're going to be talking about it. So, if, And if it sounds great and too good to miss, I probably will get involved, man. So it's, uh, I'm not hyped, but I'm sort of hyped by proxy, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I've, I enjoyed the game enough that I'm looking forward to it, but not, like you say, not so much that I'm going to day one it. A little bit of more good news in this article. As for Leon and his snarky one-liners, those will apparently also be included in the remake. That should never have been, been a risk. They should that, that had to be in there, right? <laughs> Where's everyone going? Bingo? There were people uh, that I was reading in forums, particularly on Reddit, that were expressing concerns that given the sort of the tonal shift from original RE2 to RE2 Remake and the same then with Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, there were people that were concerned that Leon was going to kind of lose out on his attitude and he would be a bit more of a serious character. But it's nice to see that they're adding it in. Although they do say that this aspect has been refined and uh. further developed to feel like a, in quotes, thoroughly modern story-based experience. So I reckon it sounds like Leon's keeping his attitude, but it's not going to be quite the same. I don't think it'll be quite as cheesy no. as uh, as the original title. I don't think I'm going to have a bromance with this, Leon. Probably I, not. I, I don't no. think I'll dislike it, but it sounds to me like it's going to be maybe trying a bit too hard in comparison. I need to put you on, uh, on RE2... Leon. I think the RE2 remake Leon, he might be a bit more your speed. He's a bit, his RE2 Leon's cute. He's just a cute little puppy that just wanders around and Ada's just like, hey puppy, I'm a sexy lady. I'm going to yeah. betray you at the end. <laughs> Okay, James, uh, that's enough about Resident Evil. Let's move on to our second article of the day. Sony says the PlayStation 5 shortage is finally over. Uh, this was a message uh, delivered by Jim Ryan during its CES presentation. In quotes, everyone who wants a PS5 should have a much easier time finding one at retailers globally, starting from this point forward. They did miss Christmas 2022 by that mark. However, this is welcome news, I'm sure, for a lot of people that have been struggling to get their hands on one. PlayStation now has three titles. The well, so, excuse me, I should say three or four exclusives. Is Returnal Returnal's exclusive? I mean, Miles Morales isn't exclusive. Yeah, it, not anymore. It's PC now as well. I know. Yeah, right. So yeah, PS5 has uh, Ragnarok, has Returnal, Ragnarok, Demon Hunter, Demon, uh, Demon Souls, not Demon Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Astro's Playground, Playroom. Sorry, Astro's Playroom. But I mean. <laughs> I don't mean to be mean to Astro's Playroom, but I'm going to be mean to Astro's Playroom. That's not a game. Oh, it's, it's like it's it's, it's, yeah. it's like saying that we sports is like a no thing. no it's hold on what your ass say compare. <laughs> now hold on now. now we'll leave Wii Sports <laughs> out of this man okay Mr. Bowling but no it's 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 the game that comes with the console to showcase the yeah. console's capabilities sort yeah, of no, yeah 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 you're alright it's a, it's a tech demo it's a tech yeah. demo yeah. good news regardless I don't think either of us are particularly minded towards picking up a Playstation 5 anytime soon I think they have to pull something pretty extraordinary out of the bag maybe uh, Jim Ryan finally gets his way and actually manages to pull an old switcheroo and actually picks 
up Activision, Blizzard, and Bethesda himself. And uh, it's too late for Bethesda. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Sony finally puts enough money on the table that uh, Phil Spencer is like, you know what? Just take it. Yeah, take Bethesda. But then, but then, I uh, like ironically that then like gives them the budget to actually buy Activision Blizzard. Like, <laughs> Just actually says it. They agree. They're like, it's at this point, this this divorce is extremely messy now. The children are being used as bargaining chips. Oh man. So long as it doesn't affect Elder Scrolls 6, they can do what the f*** they want. <laughs> if Elder Scrolls 6, if suddenly it did switch around in that nightmare and in completely improbable and impossible scenario, and it turned out that Elder Scrolls was only coming to Sony for the first year of its existence, would that tempt you to get a PlayStation 5? If Elder Scrolls 6 was a PlayStation 5 exclusive for a year? If it was only for a year, probably not. If it was exclusive forever, then? Uh, yeah, I'd have to, yeah. <laughs> There's no other way. If it was only for a year, I'd, I'd be pissed, but I'd probably wait it out because £500 a lot for a game. <laughs> um, it's the sort of thing where the, the, you then get into the territory of, like, you go into the pre-owned market and stuff like that, yeah. you know, just, yeah. If you're Oh, no, I, I wouldn't, though. I, if I'm buying a PlayStation 5, I'm buying brand new. How about you? Are you tempted at all? No, oh, just, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Definitely not tempted to uh, pick up a PlayStation 5. I think that it's just kind of one of them ones where, you know, it's, it, it's worth reporting on. I think that this 100%, definitely, worth, def you know, definitely good like it's good news for people who have been trying to get one for forever right it's great news kind of wild to think that uh it was november 2020 that the ps5 released and we're now looking at just over two years since release that they've actually finally become available you know i can actually look online now and just get one ordered actually hang on Let's do, do, live we do that live. I'll do it as well. Let's have a quick look on uh, Amazon right now. You do Amazon, I'll do like... Uh, Argos I'll, or some shit. Yeah. Other retailers are probably available. But for God's sake, Argos, if you want to sponsor us, feel free. There we go. Yeah, I can have a PlayStation 5 console and God of War Ragnarok on its way to me for Sunday on Amazon Prime. Uh, is that the PlayStation 5 console and God of War Ragnarok game bundle? It is indeed. Because I can get that for £539.99. They do have... Actually, do they have... Yeah, type I can also see the digital postcode. edition. This is insane. The digital edition console is selling on Amazon for £587, but the disc and God of War bundle is 539 so a difference of less than 50 quid for the disc and got this is yeah. like that's like scalper prices right for the digital yeah, edition left over right. there we go it truly is back on the shelves and i can order now for delivery tomorrow to my home address but you're still not tempted i mean no f no obviously not <laughs> It's january man like uh we gotta make that wages last longer <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so james i think it's time to move on to our third article of the day starfield fans think that the game may launch on the International Day of Human Space Flights, April 12th. Do they now? Yeah, this is... Uh, so the date <laughs> is purely speculative. Uh, yeah. However, it was confirmed earlier today that the official support page for Starfield has now been uploaded to the Bethesda website. So this is leading fans to speculate that the game is coming out very shortly, and I think that the, you know, the International Day of Human Space Flight is just one of those uh, dates that someone's plucked out and thought, wouldn't this be a nice coincidence? And in all probability, uh, they'd be missing a trick, right? The marketing team, by not releasing it on April 12th, especially if they really are gearing up to actually uh, get this game fully printed and ready to ship. And we know that Bethesda does love a nice bit of marketing with their dates. Skyrim's release date, 11-11-11. Great point. 
great point that 11 11 11 they do like their dates yeah. and their calendar specific things so yeah exactly and and with this news that they've set up the support page for starfield on the on the official website i'd say it's probably quite a good suggestion that april 12th could be legit was that 12 4 23 does that does that mean anything to anyone probably not probably not but no. <laughs> if, it, if it's the if it's the international day of human space flight yeah i can see it so i did actually check this support page and there is a uh, you know obviously top of the list question when does starfield release and according yeah. to the support page starfield arrives exclusively on xbox series x and s and pc in the first half of 2023 so once again in the first half of 2023 it correlates with that sort of date so uh yeah and i think your point about uh skyrim landing on a 11 11 11 so there is a precedent there that definitely yeah. lends weight to that i've actually uh seen a little bit more footage of starfield i spent some time on youtube earlier today just looking up a bit of the gameplay Fair. and uh you know i've got to say in terms of the very vertical slice of gameplay that i did see it's, it's quite visually impressive uh they've clearly done a much better job on the facial animations than they did in fallout 4 uh they, not, they not you know the dialogue is it? let's be real <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's right. It's, it's not a high bar, but uh, it definitely looks like I love Bethesda, like but they're the worst of them. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they're, they've definitely modernised it to a certain degree, and they're really pushing the boundaries of that engine. Yeah, uh, you know, are, yeah. in order to to get that out of it, that's that's for certain. I was looking in terms of some of the depth of the quests and things like that, and obviously Todd Howard is doing his regular thing and talking about how much more depth there will be. Uh, you know, I don't know if this necessarily means anything, but I read that there was something like sixty thousand lines of dialogue in Skyrim. Yeah, there's over, there's over ninety thousand in Starfield, right? Two hundred fifty thousand they've just passed in. Oh, is uh, it? Oh, yeah, now in Starfield. So yeah, so take from that what you will uh, a lot of that could just be alien gobbledygook uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? and background or, noise because certainly in Skyrim when you're walking past the guards obviously the famous arrow in the knee line like they, they have lines that are just ambient yeah so yeah could be yeah there. absolutely and there's a yeah. thousand f-ing planets so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need yeah. a lot of noises and sounds very interesting from a certain perspective and depending on how you're going to interpret that that could just be that there's a lot of useless dialogue or that could mean that the quests are becoming a lot more complex as well uh, i've looked at some of the dialogue choices and things in the game and they look quite interesting you essentially have a point system and you use up points uh for persuasion as you talk and that i suppose dictates how far you can push someone and how much you can push someone in a certain area of the dialogue i kind of got mixed feelings about it i like to have a skill check base dialogue i like to have the sort of the skill points that you have but i think it works now perhaps that potentially if your persuasion or your charisma skill was high enough then you would have more points to afford during the course of the conversation that's exactly what i was about to ask do you think that's yeah yeah could be that could be that which Uh, which is as you say is i don't know i don't know how i feel about that but i'm used to my persuasion is this so therefore you're going to do a persuasion check against that i think at this point when bethesda break from the formula we're all going to need some convincing uh to, to sort of get around it because we are so familiar yeah it'll be interesting to see if uh, starfield improves on it man and obviously i'll be looking at starfield very closely a because i love bethesda and i love rpgs but also because it's probably going to be a little bit of a breadcrumb trail to what we can expect from elder scrolls 6 which i'm obviously be talking earlier about how you don't get hyped for games very 
often, right? Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be a game that I'm incredibly hyped for. So any sort of clues I can garner from Starfield as to how it's going to be, I'll be looking at that closely. From some of the gameplay footage that I've seen, it does look like it has a lot of similarities with Fallout 4. Uh, it's just presented differently in a way that makes it appear less like Fallout 4. <laughs> but I was looking at just specifically small things like the way that you shoot someone and then they're sort of like falling over animation and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Very familiar. Very familiar looking gunplay to fallout 4 as well i'm here for that man yeah absolutely yeah no honestly from the gameplay that i've seen i've kind of you know talked some not so positive things about this game we both have in terms yep. of previous gameplay that we've seen how rough it looked looks the vertical slice it is a vertical slice but the gameplay that i did see today had me feeling a little bit more excited for this game and you know uh it's got a lot of similarities with no man's sky which is a title that i've enjoyed it looks like a more compact version of that which can only be a good thing because i never managed to get anywhere no. in no man's sky so yeah we can you know we're turning up the, the hype on starfield a little bit this episode i'm feeling it now yeah I'll, I'll, I'll have to go check out some of this new gameplay man it's uh you've intrigued me Okay, James, on to our final article of the episode. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is likely to be the last major first-party title on the Switch, with Nintendo speculated to be announcing a next-gen console of their own in 2024. Interesting news, this one. Not quite sure how official-official this is. I should probably say, you know, we should say that off the bat. It does say likely to be last major title, so there's there's not very much conviction in this. You know, it's not, it, yeah. it's not confirmed to be last major first party and again it's it's major first party title so what does that include so we're not thinking we're thinking like mario kart we're thinking you know uh super smash bros we're thinking that kind of thing like a mario game are those considered major titles or for you nintendo know, yes what about like luigi's mansion 4 if that was a thing <laughs> probably hey that probably falls under the category of major first party nintendo title right i, I honestly at this point i don't know like you know i, I, I yeah. own a switch i don't really know much so Hey, I own a Switch, but I own it for Pokemon, right? That, that really <laughs> yeah, is all I Yeah, you own a Pokemon console. Exactly. <laughs> so no, I, yeah, I agree entirely. And it's interesting because where this has essentially come from is obviously uh, Digital Foundry reported that Nintendo is no longer working on the Switch Pro, which has been speculated for quite some time. Probably two, three years, something like that. Do you know what? We've talked, you know, a little bit before the episode. Sorry to interrupt you there, James. But we talked a little bit on the uh, episode last time about our plans for the New Year's episode and that we might make some sort of predictions for the upcoming yeah. year. And, and you were going to predict Switch Pro, wouldn't it? <laughs> one of my predictions yeah. was absolutely going to be that we'll hear news about the Switch Pro in 2023. Yeah. Uh, I was right. Uh, but it was about the the yeah. confirmed cancellation of the Switch Pro. Yeah. Exactly. Potential so, confirmed cancellation. We don't know. Potential, but... yeah. The likely confirmed yeah. cancellation. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Because, uh, you know, as, as I say, the Digital Foundry reported that they're no longer working on the Switch Pro and are putting all of their time into a next-gen console um, because they don't want to do the sort of middle-of-life cycle half-step upgrade. They just want to go straight into the new one. And the reason that this has sort of come back, because that story dropped probably last week, or within the last couple of weeks. But right. that has now been corroborated by VGC reporter Andy Robertson. He retweeted Digital Foundry's video discussing the Switch Pro saying, and I quote, from what I'm hearing, I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo starts talking about new hardware by 2024. I'm not convinced another huge first party game other than Zelda is left on the Switch. Now, 
because similarly i don't really know what a huge first party nintendo title is as you said i would assume yeah. that this is talking about things like metroid prime 4 which is obviously incredibly yeah. sort of hyped long time rumored to be in development and you know being underway exactly and it's you know the, the fan base are like ravenous for that game it's been delayed what three four seventeen times i, I it's been so many <laughs> i genuinely lose track but other than that I, I mean you know i love pokemon right do i call that will i call that a massive huge first party nintendo title it's tough i really don't know i mean i mean it, it, it is you know, it the, is because game freak are owned by nintendo right that was always my understanding but i don't actually know you know so it is first party then by by definition it's nintendo right? exclusive i mean so. yeah it's certainly nintendo but this is the, i mean they could be they could be a third party studio producing nintendo exclusives but i don't think that's the case i think nintendo are invested in game freak so i mean it's, it's kind of one of them ones if, if if game freak are working independently and are just sort of essentially contracted to working for nintendo then that's a third party game but i'm pretty sure that nintendo have their fingers in that pie it just says that they're a japanese video game developer best known as the primary developer of the mainline pokemon series i don't think they would be putting like their parent company in the in the blurb for them okay google are game freak owned by nintendo google it yourself bitch other than metroid i can't really think of any other first party huge first party nintendo titles that are imminent no well yeah no now that uh metroid is you know according to vgc uh that uh metroid is is likely to be out of the picture then yeah no i think that that probably is the last card that they had to play really also kind of exciting news within the next year or two's time we could be hearing about the next big nintendo project and so I'll be interested to hear about that. I'll be interested to know whether they'll be sort of retaining the whole combination between a dockable console as well as a portable console. I hope that they do. I really hope they stay portable for sure. It would seem like an odd step backwards if they were to sort of go back to the whole uh, one is a dock only console and one is a, a portable console and they released two different versions. They kind of still did that. I never really, I mean, I know that you do own one, but yeah. uh, I never really saw the idea behind the Switch Lite other than it being a budget Switch. Yeah. It's cheaper and it doesn't have stick drift. <laughs> do they not? Because I, I, I heard that the Joy-Cons were made from the same materials. May so well I be. I haven't experienced any stick drift on my Joy-Cons. I, I was going to say. say it may just be that I haven't, right? But again, going back to similar what we were talking about earlier though, I look after my Switch, so. Right, you not like yeah treating it like yeah and dropping it and, and i don't let children play with it never no. <laughs> get your sticky f fingers <laughs> no literally i think i let i let my um de facto nephew play with it a little bit a couple of years ago and he was being very aggressive so i had to be like yeah i'm just gonna take that back now um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know you know like how kids can be when it's like i want to go right and it's like yeah, proper crunching yeah, and you're yeah. like dude man come on i need that stick <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's well. This is the th and this is another kind of thing. Uh, knowing that apparently the Joy Cons are the same uh, for the Switch Lite and the Switch, I was always also concerned, given that they're so notorious for stick drift, that buying Switch Lite would obviously increase your chances of having to send it in for repair. You know, whereas there is that whole, you know, just kind of you can get a new pair yeah, of Joy-Cons yeah. and then send your Joy-Cons in for a pair sort of thing. It's a sad state of affairs that you really, like, even if you are purely using your Switch as a single-player thing, you probably want just a backup pair of Joy-Cons. Yeah, for sure, man. Just in case. Well, that was my other sort of rationale behind getting the light was uh, I only ever intended to play Pokemon on it. Like, that is really why I bought it. I did buy Skyrim on the Switch because of course I did, right? Who doesn't want portable Skyrim? But... <laughs> 
Pokemon is what I bought it for essentially. So having the budget price, something that's hand, I was never going to plug it into the TV. For me, Pokemon is a handheld thing. So yeah, so yeah. yeah. Just in terms of uh, this sort of you know now potential rumors of hearing word of a new Nintendo console coming in 2024. Do you reckon they'll take on any of the build quality feedback that they received following the Switch? Are we actually going to see a uh, sturdy as f- Nintendo console, like a return to Game Boy <laughs> territory at Survivor Nuclear Blast? Uh, I want to say yes, but my heart of hearts, no, I don't think they will. I think that it's sadly it's cheaper to build stuff of a worse quality. And when you're doing mass production and typically consoles tend to make a loss probably want to keep that loss to a minimum but surely this joy-con repair sitch that nintendo have got at the moment is a massive ball ache for them because i mean they're even being extra lenient on getting those joy cons repaired outside of warranty time even they basically had to just hold their hands up and be like yeah if you've got joy con issues we'll just fix them we know they're sh- yeah, and then from that perspective, I can see them improving things slightly, but I don't think that's going to see an overall build quality across the console. Just enough to pass the bar, then. Yeah, because you're always you're always yeah. going to have things like stick drift that happens, because there are always going to be faulty batches. It's just going to happen. PS5 controllers have the same issue, I've heard. They're just less publicized, but I've heard the same I've not thing. heard that, but I can believe it. I certainly know my PlayStation 4 controllers used to drift quite a bit. About to say the same thing. I know one of my PlayStation 4 controllers is uh, the right stick's gone. So yeah. I've been occasionally playing Bloodborne, and then just like, why are you moving to the Right. Gotta say though, those Microsoft controllers for the Xbox One, those motherfuckers are sturdy. The only person I know that's managed to break one is my dad, and that's because much like your de facto cousin or nephew you can literally hear the plastic creaking yeah, yeah. as he's holding the controller you can hear the plastic straining not to break as he crunches it in his hands yeah. uh so uh other than that though i mean i don't think i've ever had an xbox one controller break on me in fact the console that i bought maybe or rather i should say that i received as a gift maybe four or five years ago that controller is still very much intact and good to this day and that survived me playing the xbox one and now primarily using it on the pc for the last year in a bit yeah and the only controller i've broken from xbox was nothing to do with the stick drift i i just f-ing pegged it into the ground not gonna know it's worse <laughs> than that actually right so um i whenever i do want to throw something i'll throw it into the sofa because it's soft and i had this like plastic thing on my sofa for like straight like helping arch your back and stretching it out <laughs> oh i know yeah, the thing complete scam yeah, yeah, don't yeah. buy one right they don't work but it was there and i just threw my controller to the side in frustration and the stick just hit it perfectly and the stick just went oh, so uh dear. this isn't good podcasting but if i can get it to hand <laughs> wiggle the stick so they get some asmr so i don't know if you can see this will but it's just the nub is it how up that stick is just native oh it's stuck and i can just move it around oh dearie me that does not look like exactly a happy controller james oh dear there's no spring left in that bad boy is there Okay, James, I think that's enough news and speculation for this week. I think it's time we moved on to our new section, Ooh. which we are currently going... Is this, is this the working title or is this the agreed title? I think it's the agreed title. I like it. <laughs> you think it's the agreed title? Okay, if you're well, happy with you know, that, I'm happy we with both, that. If we both think it's the agreed title, then uh, let's go with it. So, welcome to the Completionist's Corner. Sting to be included at a later date. <laughs> so this was a section that we discussed on the previous episode, where we will be essentially taking one game and playing through to an agreed point each week and then coming back each week in this section to review the progress we've made as well as talk about the type of experience we're having gameplay mechanics and hopefully you know all of this combined will help us to build sort of like a a paint 
painting, if you will, allow me and James to paint you a, a canvas of the video games that we encounter each week. Exactly. And sort of as we sort of touched on, think of it as a book club for games. We're exactly. going to bring games to the table. We're going to play them through, share experiences, have a laugh and a good time while we're at it. It should be fun. With all of that said, James, I think that it's time to reveal the game that we'll be playing for the next few episodes. The first game for Completionist Corner is... Mass Effect 1, the Legendary Edition. Hell yes. Hell yes. So, this is the title that I know that you have actually completed the entirety of the series, I believe. Yep, I certainly have. Many, many, many moons ago, though, it must be said. Been looking for an excuse to play again. And I've basically completed this a long, long time ago, or almost completed it. I'm pretty much there. There's the last two or three missions that I need to do, so I was right on the cusp of completing this. But on one specifically, a long, long time or on since I've the played trilogy? It. Uh, one, one specifically. Trivia. I've put maybe about three or four hours into two, and I've never played oh, three. Man. So uh, we have discussed previously, we will be getting around to playing two and three yeah. at some point. However, during this Bioware spell, we'll just be including Mass Effect 1. Yeah, absolutely. And starting strong, because uh, many consider it to be, don't know about the best game, but certainly among the best story. So very, very much looking forward to playing through Mass Effect 1. Looking forward to seeing what the Legendary Edition's about. I know that it's got all the DLC and stuff all included, which I never played. I only ever played base game of all of them. It's quite some time, wasn't it, since the Legendary Edition uh, released following the initial release back in 2007, I think. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Legendary Edition came out in 2021. Yeah, it's been a significant amount of time. Although uh, I didn't play much of the later series, and I probably won't notice a lot of the graphical overhaul, if I'm honest. I think that it will definitely go some way in terms of me making sure I enjoy this one by modernising it, perhaps visually. Do you know if any of the gameplay aspects have been modernised in the original Mass Effect, or is it purely sort of graphical uh, load times and things like that? I don't know for sure. I have a feeling some of the Mako stuff isn't it? Mako, Mako, whatever the f*** you call it. I have a feeling some of that isn't quite as tedious. But okay, I don't okay. know exactly. My understanding is it's mainly a graphical update. Yeah, and I think they did some sort of remodeling of Fem Shep as well, who is, uh, so Commander Shepard is uh, is the protagonist that you play, but you can customise that character. Which we will be doing, I'm, I can assure you. Okay, yeah, so are you going to be male Shep or Fem Shep? Have we decided on that I yet? will probably be a male Shep of some description, but I haven't actually decided yet. I'm just going to free flirt. I think I'm going to go Fem Shep. I think then. the only thing we have sort of decided is uh, sort of a criteria, if you like, is that uh, I'm going to play Paragon and Will's going to play Renegade. I think that's about all we've sort of decided on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's probably a good way to do yeah. it. And I think that we should, you know, we should follow the Paragon slash Renegade path as much as possible. I don't think that, you know, I, I think that we should fully commit to that choice. That would be a really cool thing to compare as well, because I know that this game has a lot of those sort of decisions in the game. Yeah. It'll be interesting to have a direct comparison as we play simultaneously as to what difference exactly. those decisions make. It's going to be really cool. So I think we should build a pretty rounded picture of this game. And obviously, Will, I'm expecting you to make a nice custom character because I know that you love a good creation suite. Be interesting to see what Mass Effect is actually like now because the old ones were tricky, should we say. Yeah, I don't think I ever made uh, a good looking custom character on Mass Effect. If You know, if anything, one thing that they might have improved and it'd be quite nice of them to is the character customization. I'd like to have a bit more scope on that would be amazing. Yeah. I made one and it's the one I did the trilogy with. I fluked it. I might make a monstrosity considering I'm doing the Renegade class. I, I'm just going to see what the mood takes me. We'll see how we get on. <laughs> I'll just read a little about this game uh, from the Steam page. So the blurb for this game reads... 
One person is all that stands between humanity and the greatest threat it's ever faced. Relive the legend of Commander Shepard in the highly acclaimed Mass Effect trilogy with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'm trying to find like more of a blurb just for Mass Effect 1. Like, Well, if you want the, the, the TLDR of Mass Effect 1, you are Commander Shepard. You are looking to become a Spectre and you want to impress the Council. So they send you on a top secret mission, but things go awry. Treachery afoot. Who's really on whose side? Is there an existential threat to the whole universe incoming? Find out more. Mass Effect 1. That was pretty good. Was that on the spot? Yeah, I, just made, just, I literally uh... just made that up, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it, man. That was a pretty sweet, uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet blurb of the game right there. So uh, we'll call it a day. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is something that I'm really looking forward to playing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I love me a trilogy. I love something to get really invested in and follow along with. Like a good storyline. Oh, I do like me some sci-fi and I do like me a good RPG. So all of these boxes are ticked. Yeah, looking forward to sort of our follow-up discussion next week once we've found a place that we'll both settle and stop playing and uh, a good point to sort of start the discussion. Absolutely, man. I I'm, I've been looking to get into Mass Effect Legendary Edition for quite a long time, actually, and uh, haven't felt I'd had the time, in all honesty, because it's a big investment. So to now have like the perfect excuse to start playing a section on the podcast so yeah i i second that i'm looking forward to playing this massively man it's gonna be great okay man well with that exciting announcement out of the way and a new chapter in our podcast underway i think it's time we brought this episode to a close thank you for joining me for another podcast episode 21 man we're still here we're racking up them numbers new year same yeah (laughs) ah Uh, on that note (laughs) you can as always find the podcast on spotify apple podcasts and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for total pod mode we also post regular video content of our playthroughs stream highlights as well as the podcast on our youtube channel total pod mode you can also find us on twitter by searching for at total pod mode all one word or you can find me at hoodafunk on twitter and i'm also on twitch under twitch.tv forward slash hoodafunk and you can find me on twitter at mr bames and i'm also on twitch under twitch.tv forward slash mr bames underscore tpm as always a very special thank you to our listeners we're looking forward to bringing you another year of top tier top quality gaming comedy content we'll see you guys next week bye bye everybody bye bye